seated. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's all right. Amen. Now, I want you to look at somebody. I know, I know we had COVID go through, but just look at somebody and say, I'm glad you're here. Somebody, somebody thought, oh, he's getting ready to ask us to hug each other. No, that's all right. Even before COVID, some of y'all were scared of that. So, uh. <laughs> hey, it's good to see you guys. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, we have been in a series uh, over several weeks uh, called Generations, and uh, we finished that up last week. Last week we had our kids in with us, and if uh, you miss that, man, it was it was awesome. They. Um, they did a great job last week singing and dancing, and uh, it was a little bit chaotic. We were all over the place, and it was loud, and and but it was okay, all right. And so uh, that's that's something that 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 we were making room for. And uh, I am so glad that we have kids who come in and parents who will come in and we'll worship together. And so that's that was what we did last week. If you missed any of that series, you can pick that up on Church Online. Uh, you can go back to our YouTube page and check all that stuff out or on our newliferh.com website. You can check that out. So any of those places, you can follow up and, and catch up with where we were at last week. This week, we're going to uh, let's talk about road trip. Anybody taking road trips uh, or you're planning a road trip? Anybody got a road trip coming up? You know, Yes. You can't leave, can't leave soon enough. Not here yet, but you can't leave. So how many of you have already taken your road trip? Some of you already taken your road trip. You've already gone, you know. How many of you have taken your road trip and you're planning another one? It was just so good. You got to go again, right? I know, I know. It's fun, right? And and sometimes sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation. I get it. Um, but today we're going to talk about road trip. And our students, uh, Pastor Trent and Raina and Dustin and Jenna, uh, they all took our students to um, Carowinds. Uh, Thursday and Friday, and they had a great time. Uh, I saw the picture. I was so jealous. I wanted to go, um, you know, but I had pastoral duties here. You know, I have to preach weddings and stuff like that, and so it was all right. I enjoyed the wedding last night, uh, but I did see their pictures, and I was a little bit jealous because they were riding roller coasters and having a good time. Um, but they went on a road trip, and so we there was a lot of planning that went into that road trip. Um, and sometimes things on road trips can happen that's unexpected, right? I mean, sometimes you have trouble even getting out of the driveway. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I remember I was heading out to college. Uh, I was, I'd come home from college. It was about a six-hour drive for me. My dad was pastoring. Mom and dad were pastoring Hazelhurst, Georgia, and I was going to school in Tennessee. And um, the, uh, the tire rod of, of my, my car, it, it came off, and my tire just kind of turned inwards as I was pulling out of the driveway. And my dad just started praising God. He said, I am so glad that didn't happen while you were out there on the interstate that it happened in the driveway, right? <laughs> and so sometimes we, we, the road trips can, can throw the unexpected at you. Uh, we were talking in between services, and I was talking to John Baber. I think John, John's already left, so I'm going to go ahead and throw him under the bus uh, and tell his story. But he was telling me about him and his brother when they were, they were little kids. They were getting ready to go on a road trip, and their parent, his parents had sent them out to load the trunk. Um, now, this, uh, this is probably not a good thing, so don't, this is not uh, saying try this at home, guys. Don't try this at home. But his brother, he said, oh, once you get in the trunk, and I'll hand you the luggage, and we can stack. They're probably about second, you know, second, third, fourth graders, you know. And so 
his brother gets in the trunk, and John says he takes the trunk and he slams it down on his brother, right, and locks him in there. And then he realizes, he's like, where's the keys? They're in the trunk, right, <laughs> with his brother. And uh, this was before the days where they gave the little safety latch. Actually, it might have been John and his family is why they started making that little safety latch in the cars. We don't know. We can, th we can thank the Baber family for that. But, but I'll say, you know, sometimes we have these things that happen that just, you know, our road trip has things that happen unexpectedly. I want us to look at a passage of Scripture this morning in John chapter 4. So if you got your Bible, let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, Jesus takes his disciples on a road trip. And I'm going to read several passages here. So just hang with me as I read through this. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he, and he had to pass through Samaria. I want you to get this, all right? So this is, this is one of those points right there I think that we miss if we don't know the geography. So if Judea is here where Jerusalem is at, Galilee is up north, they have to travel from uh, south to north to get there, but in between there's a place called Samaria. And Samaria is, um, you don't actually have to go through Samaria to get to Galilee from Judea. So when the Bible says that Jesus had to pass through Samaria, he really didn't. He didn't have to. Actually, uh, most of the time, people avoided Samaria. If you were a, a, a Jewish, uh, you would not go through Samaria. And, and there was some conflict there with Samaritans. The conflict was this, and just give, let me give you a little bit of context here. The, the conflict is this, is that the Samaritans believed uh, that they were the true Israelites. They believed uh, that they had the uh, true place of worship that God had told them to worship, that uh, Mount, uh, Mount Gerizim where uh, uh, Abraham had gone to um, sacrifice Isaac, that that was in Samaria, and that was, that was a very holy place for them, and that was a place that they would go to worship uh, Yahweh. And so they thought that they were the true Israel, and they thought they had the true places of worship and then you have the Jews who believe, well, no, the true place of worship is in Jerusalem on Mount Zion, in the temple. Uh, that belongs to us. And so there is this conflict, uh, not because they were so dissimilar, actually because they had so much in common, right? Anybody know sometimes the person you have the most conflict with is the person you have the most con in common with? Mm. Mm, think about that, right? Sometimes it's the people that live in your house. Sometimes it's the people you spend the most time with. Uh, come on, somebody. And this is not a message on conflict, okay? Uh, that's a whole separate series we'll do later. But, uh, but, yeah, so I just want to point out that Jesus did not have to go through Samaria. But John makes the point of saying that here that Jesus had to pass through, and he had to pass through Samaria. And so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus was wearied 
as he was from his journey, and was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour, which is about 12 o'clock. It was about lunchtime, like everybody around here. You're getting hungry, and you're saying, hurry up, Pastor Ryan. And there came a woman from Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? And uh, she began to look and said, this is, this is not what's supposed to happen. We, we don't have... Uh, in our relationships here. There's the, the, we're not supposed to be talking. We're not supposed to be hanging out. Uh, you're supposed to go your way. I'm supposed to go my way. So, uh, And you'll find out when Jesus' disciples show back up, they're kind of shocked, too, that something as awkward as this is taking place. And so she kind of points this out. Why are you asking me, a woman of Samaria, for a drink if you're a Jew? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was that was saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Now see here, this is where the overlap comes in. So they have the same lineage, they have the same backstory, they have the same fathers, the same ancestors. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty forever. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband. All right, here we go. This is where we kind of get into some of the backstory. He said, Go and call your husband to come here. And the woman answered him said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, That's right, you don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said. Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Basically, you have just read my mail and uh, told me a lot about myself. Uh, and so, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet is an understatement. She goes on. She said, our fathers worshipped on this mountain. And this is, this is where it comes in, that they say, okay, we're, 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 we kind of pick sides, right? You ever picked a side? Some of you, you, you didn't really pick a side. You had to take that side because you didn't have a choice. That was the side your family was on. So whether it was right or wrong, you had to pick that side. We've all taken sides before, and so this is where she begins to draw the lines. She says, she said to them, she said, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain, nor in Jerusalem will your father, uh, nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, in the sense that salvation comes through the Messiah, which comes through Judah. Okay, and so he's he's saying here, salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit. And truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Truth. And the woman said to Him, 
I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, and when he comes, he will tell us all things. See, what you got to understand here is that for to believe in the Messiah, there was a belief that the Messiah was going to join together the northern and the southern Israel back together, where, where, where northern Israel or, or the northern tribes of Israel broke away and were exiled, the Messiah was going to bring all that back together. And so this is, this is part of that, that the Messiah is coming. He is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And just then his disciples came back, and they marveled that he was talking to a woman. But no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking to her? You ever, you ever been there? You ever walked in on an awkward situation? Come on, you know. And nobody's going to call Jesus out and say, hey, nah, never mind. I'm just going to let that one go. You're not supposed to be talking to her. This, that's, that's a no-no. That's not something you're supposed to be doing. And so they don't call Jesus out. They just say, I'm, I'm just going to be quiet here. Um, and so the woman left her water jar, went away into the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me all I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. Now, I want us to look just at a few things real quick about this road trip that Jesus took his disciples on. That first thing is this. Sometimes you will walk, uh, your walk with Jesus will carry you to places you never expected or intended to go. Anybody? That ha has that path sometimes taken turns that you didn't expect and sometimes taken uh, crossing rivers that you didn't expect to go and places that you didn't expect to end up. I'm sure maybe maybe 10 years ago, some of you sitting in here right now never thought of a Richmond Hill, Georgia and thought, you know, one day I want to live in Richmond Hill, Georgia where all the sand mats are at. And it's hot as, you know, anything, you know. That's, I mean, some of you guys didn't think that 10 years ago that, that you would be here, you know. But here we are, right? And, 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 and so this, this trip that God has taken you on has brought you to this place and it brought you. And sometimes this trip takes unexpected turns and sometimes it, you wind up in places you never intended to be. Sometimes in these places that, that you show up to, you meet people that aren't like you. Right? Sometimes you meet people who don't look like you. They don't sound like you. They're not from your background. They're not from your culture. And, and so you meet people sometimes who are not like you. Sometimes you meet people that don't like you. Sometimes you meet people who aren't like you, and then a lot of times you will meet people who don't like you. You ever met somebody who didn't like you? Come on, no, you guys are all like everybody, right? You know, that's it's amazing, you know, that we find people. We, we will find something we don't like about somebody, and we will, I don't like that. I don't, you know what, I don't like that. I don't like them. I don't like where they're from. I don't like their family. I don't like the clothes they, drive, the, the clothes they wear or the car they drive, you know. And we'll just start going down the list because it, it snowballs like that. And, and sometimes we wind up in places that are unintended and unexpected, and we meet people that aren't like us, and we meet people that we don't like. And that's a little bit of describing this road trip that Jesus took his disciples on because they had to take this trip. They had to go through Samaria. They had to go through Samaria because I think Jesus had to address some of the stuff that they carried around in them. 
Jesus had to. We've got to go through. No, Jesus, we don't have to go that way. Uh, yes, we do have to go this way. This is the way we're going this time. This is the way we've got to go because there's some things that you need to see, and there's somebody that I've got to meet. And she didn't even know that she was going to meet the Savior of the universe, right? That there was this, this person that Jesus had to meet. He had to go on. And so sometimes your walk with Jesus carries you to places you never expected to end up. And so he meets this lady, and her question really is this, if we break it down and make it really simple, her question is this, where can I meet God? Where can I meet God? Anybody, you ever, you ever asked that? God, where are you at? You ever prayed that prayer, God, where are you right now? Because I would really like for you to show up right now. I'd really love for you to hear this prayer. I'd really love for you to step in and do something here. God, where are you at? God, where can I meet you? God, where can I find you? And see, it's really just this question of knowing where can I meet with God? Where can I search for God? Because we all, we all maybe have been on that search, searching for can, can I find God here? Can I find God here? Maybe I've, I've, I've gone to certain places or revivals or I'm looking for God. We've been on a search, trying to search for God. And you, Have you seen him? Can I find him? But the thing about this story that lets me know it's just kind of wild is this, is that it's not so much us searching for God. It's actually God searching for us. Did you catch that when we read that? Did you pick up on that part where he says the Father seeks those who worship him? It's not that you've been looking for God. Actually, God's been looking for you. It's, it's, it's not that you've been having a hard time finding God. Actually, God has been looking for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to invite you to walk with him. He wants you on this road trip with him. Actually, if you think about it, and it hit me in the early service when we started this, and if you remember in, the gen in Genesis, uh, it talked about how God would come down in the cool of the day, and what would he do? He would walk with them. He would walk with them. He would take a trip with them. They would walk through the garden. And so God wants to walk with you. God wants us to walk with him. And so there are times maybe it seems like we're searching for him, but God has been searching for us. Next thing that we find is this. Not only are we asking the she's asking this question, where can I meet God? She meets this guy called Jesus who engages her. And they, they start in this conversation about water. They start this conversation, and it gets down to the fact that she says, well, you have your crew, and I have my crew. You're from your side of the border. I'm from my side of the border. You're from your tribe. I'm from my tribe. You need to stay over there, and I'm supposed to stay over here. That's how the rules work, God. God, that's how the rules work, Jesus. You need to know this because you're messing stuff up. The thing that we find in this story is this, that Jesus didn't come to pick sides. Jesus came to pick us up. Jesus did not come to validate her and say, oh, your side's right. Or he didn't come to validate his side. Oh, look, my side's right. He said, you know what? We're not going to worship on this mountain or that mountain. The Father wants, to worship, wants those to worship him. We'll worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not about a place. It's more about the posture of your heart. It's not about where you go. It's about where you come from, how you come to the Father and say, I'm coming humbly and I'm coming to find you. And he wants to meet with you. And so Jesus had to go through Samaria to meet with this woman. He had to go through Samaria to let her know. So it's not about picking sides. 
It's not about my side and your side. I'm not here to validate your side. And, and this is the thing. He isn't here to help you become more prideful about you being right. Right? Wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is it. This is, this is the thing, is, is that when we get to a point where we think that we have to be right, and we want God to put his stamp of approval on us, because, just go ahead and tell them, God, they're wrong. We get a lot of joy out of that. You ever got a lot of joy out of telling somebody they were wrong? Thinking that you were right? And then we get all this pride in us. Look at us. Look how right I am. Look at me. And that's self-righteousness. And God's just shaking his head. He's like, that is ugly, man. This is just ugly. And so we get, this, we get in this place where we, we want God to put a stamp of approval. And God's like, I'm not here to pick this side or that side. I want you guys to come to my side. I want you guys to come to me and stop fighting against each other. And so he's not here to pick sides. Jesus did not come to pick sides. He came to pick us up. But see, sometimes we get distracted by what is the immediate around us. We get distracted by what is immediate, what is in front of us, instead of what is really important. We get distracted and say, you know what, it's all this stuff in his eyes. Jesus cuts right through it. He says, woman, he's like, hey, lady, I came to meet with you. I've got a word for you. I've actually got a gift for you. I've got eternal life for you. And she said, I want to know what that is. And he invites her on this journey. He invites her on this trip. He invites her on this walk with the Father. Now, I'll ask somebody to come play as we wrap this up. The last thing that we find is this. She goes and she leaves her water jar. Now, this was the whole reason she came, right? So she is totally off from what she was doing. But sometimes you come to God and you find that he's got something way better for you than what you've been carrying around, right? Anybody? You ever found that? That, that when you come to God, you will find that he's got something way better for you than the stuff you've been carrying around in your baggage. When you've been carrying around from relationship to relationship, from church to church, from job to job, and all we do is we just keep packing stuff in our bag. When we were talking about this Carowinds trip the other day, and, and it started out, you know, we started out, had like maybe 15, 14, 15 people, and then it went to like 30 people, and we didn't have, we had to go actually borrow a van from another church to get everybody to Carowinds because we had somebody going. I told them, I said, guys, you have to pack light, you know, and some of you guys, you don't know what packing light is, right? You pack a U-Haul when you're going over an overnight trip, right? Well, I'm going to need this. I'm going to need this. You just keep putting stuff in the bag, you know? And your little overnight bag is like this big, right? And you're just dragging it behind you. But see, sometimes that's, how, that's like our life and, and our walk through life is like we just keep taking stuff and putting it in our bag. And we keep dragging this junk around. And we keep dragging it around. It's heavy. And it's loading us down. And what this woman found was that she made a trade. That what Jesus gave her was so much better than she walked up with. Guys, this morning I'm telling you this. That what Jesus wants to give you is so much better than the luggage and the baggage that you walked in here with. The load that you carried in here. The unforgiveness and the stuff that you've been carrying around. All that is a baggage that loads you down. And Jesus says, you don't have to carry that anymore. You don't have to carry that death around. You don't have to carry that load around. You can put it down. I've got something so much better for you this morning. And this morning, that is what he says to you. Just like the woman at the well, he wants to make it 
trade with you, and He wants you to walk on this road trip with Him. He wants you to walk with Him, and this is what we see. She leaves her water jar, and she says this. She says, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Now, that's just weird, okay? Actually, I, I, I don't want to meet somebody like that. Anybody? How many of you guys got secrets you want to be kept secret? All right, yeah, this, this is not Catholic confessional this morning. I'm not asking you to tell me all your dirty laundry, right? And so there's plenty of us in here that we're like, nope, I don't want anybody to tell me everything that I ever did. But see, I think this is how we can read this. She said this. She said, come see a man that will meet you where you are. Anybody you felt like it's, you've had a tough time just getting, getting close to God? Maybe you've been walking through a dry place. Maybe you've been walking through a tough spot. This is it right here. God will come to you. Jesus had to go through Samaria. No, Jesus, you didn't have to do that. No, Ryan, you don't understand. Yes, I did. I had somebody I had to meet with because she couldn't get to me. There were too many rules. There were too many borders. There were too many things keeping her away. So everything that kept her away, I had to cross over that. I had to break through that. I had to go over that wall. I had to cross that river. I had to cross that street. And I had to get to where she was at because I had to go through Samaria. I had to meet with her. And God will do the same thing with you this morning. He will come to where you're at right now and meet with you. And everything that you've been dragging around and everything that's been weighing you down this morning, you can leave, leave aside. And you can make a trade with him. And he will give you living water. Does anybody want that today? Does anybody want that? Stand with me. Stand with me. So this morning, guys, I, I, and, and, and Raina knows this when she came in this morning. When she asked me last night, she said, you know what are you talking about? I told her something totally dif- different. I mean, she came in this morning. She's they're getting the song ready, and she's like, "What are you talking about again?" She's like, "Oh no, that's not what you told me you were talking about last night." I don't know who this is for this morning, but this is for somebody because God wouldn't let me get away from it. And so, if somebody you've been carrying a load, this is for you. Maybe you've been asking God, God, speak to me. God, where are you at? God, I, are you here? He is. He loves you. I don't know who you are, but this is for you. God is meeting you right here today. You don't have to go climb some mountain. You don't have to go some spiritual place. God is right here with you, and he is interceding for you. He is drawing you close. So it heads bowed today. Lord, we just come. And some of us, we come with broken hearts. Some of us, we come, we're confused. Some of us, we're just lost on our trip. We're lost on our journey. And we think that we know where we're at. We think that we know what we're doing, but really, we don't. So, Lord, this morning, our prayer is, please come find us. Because it seems like it's so hard to get to you right now. God, please come stand beside me right now, please. Because I've had a hard time feeling like I I can reach you. So, God, you're here, right here with us. You are Emmanuel, God, with us. You are reminding us of who you are. And so, Lord, right now, 
we just open up, pour into us. God, begin to heal the places that have been hurt, the places that have been wounded. God, the places that have we felt like maybe have died and they're not coming back. Lord, I pray this morning that as you pour water, living water into our life, that we would come alive again. Lord, breathe into us. Pour into us today. Make us alive, people. Make us a free people. Make us a people, Lord, who've been touched by your Holy Spirit and we have liberty. This is our prayer today. God, draw us close. You haven't walked away from us. Actually, you've walked toward us. When we've walked away from you, you've come to find us, to bring us back. You left the 99 to come find the one, and here's the one this morning. We are the one. So, Lord, we, we thank you, God. We thank you, God. Holy Spirit, do your work right now. Can you sing this song this morning? Can we sing this together? prayer, you can come to the altar. Come on down.